0: Welcome to Kid Men Talk. My name is Carl Bastian, and my purpose here is always fulfilling Kidology's mission of equipping and encouraging you in your children's ministry. Whether you're a full-time pastor or director of children's ministry, whether you're a volunteer mom in charge because you dared to complain and the response you got was, fine, then you're in charge or whether you serve as a teacher or volunteer in some other capacity you're my hero because you're investing in kids and therefore investing in eternity today today we're gonna be talking about how to build a bridge to the unchurched families who attend your outreach events perhaps you're doing a trunk-or-treat event or some other big event that draws families from the community into your church facility for the very first time how do you get them to come back again and more importantly How do you reach that point where you can introduce them to Christ? Well, that's our topic today. So let's talk Kidman. And a great topic it is, one that I am very excited to talk to you about today because it is very important. You know, Pastor Mike writes to me at carl at kidmantalk.com and here's what he says, quote, So Carl, We've got all these new people coming to an outreach, but then we never seem to see them again. Lots of time and resources and energy went into getting them through our doors for the first time. But if they only come once, is it really worth it? How can we get them to come back for something other than the next big event? Isn't that a great question? First of all, thank you, Mike, for writing. And let me remind all of you, you can shape the show by emailing me at carl at If you use Twitter, you just contact me either at Kidologist or at kidmantalk.com or just interact in the Kidology forums or participate in the conversations that are linked with every show right there in the show notes. But Mike brings up a great question. You know, not only are you busy teaching your class or if you're in leadership running your ministry staffing the classes and and just taking care of all the aspects of your ministry and putting out fires and and just doing everything that your the leadership over you wants you to do but then on top of all of that you you do these great Outreach events. I mean, whether you are, if you're listening to this currently, when it not archived later, you are getting ready for the fall. I mean, you've got some big fall outreach, or maybe you're even looking forward to October, and and you're going to take advantage of all the hoopla around Halloween, and maybe you're going to do a trunk or treat event. And by the way, this show is sponsored by Kidology's brand new trunk or treat. Planning guide. In fact, let me just tell you a little bit about that really quick. I don't want to take a lot of time. You can read about it on Kidology. But I asked two of my great friends, Pastor Todd McKeever and Pastor Jeff Bradley, two awesome children's pastors who have done incredible trunk or treat events over the years. I mean, Pastor Todd has actually used a Walmart parking lot because he's got too big for his church and also because he wanted to have kind of a neutral location. Pastor Jeff has done amazing Trunk-or-Treats over the years. In fact, he was who I learned about Trunk-or-Treat. I thought he invented it. Um, He's been doing it for so long and I asked these guys to compile with me their pictures, their flyers, their forms, their liability releases, their registration information and uh, PowerPoint and video highlight and uh, the MOV file and all this stuff and just to help me uh, write a Trunk-or-Treat planning kit and to make it available for you, to make it easier for you to pull off one of these great outreaches um, so you can redeem that holiday and just make it a great opportunity to just share Christ's love on Halloween night. And it's just 10 bucks. it's on Kidology, it's loaded with just forms and ideas. In fact, it's got over 80 games, so even if you don't like you know, doing anything on Halloween night, and a lot of people have different opinions about how to address Halloween. Um, if you even just do an wanna fair, I mean, just the games in this kit are worth the 10 bucks. It's got over 80 like uh, fair games or carnival games, and definitely check that out. It's linked in the show notes. But let me just get back uh, on track here. And you're planning events, whether it's a trunk or treat, or whether it's a, a fair of some sort, or it's a vacation Bible school, or whatever it is. You plan these huge, amazing games. I mean, just as Mike said, you put a lot of time and resources and energy and volunteer hours into it. And you pull it off. I mean, it's a success. And all these families come and kids come. And it's just a blast. And at the end, everybody leaves, and you've got a huge mess to clean up, and you're sweeping the floors, and you're pulling down the flyers, and you're taking out bags of trash. And then you have that big question Was it worth it? I mean, yes, you, you you showed God's love. If it was an evangelistic event, you shared the gospel, and, and hopefully some people got saved. But if it was a bridge-building event, maybe you decided you didn't want to share the gospel because you really just wanted to get people in the church and see that you, you aren't weirdos. You're you're normal people who just love God and are friendly, and you just wanted to you know, get, get them in the door, and uh, hopefully they'll just find it's a place where they could just relationships and feel more comfortable, and maybe they'll come back later uh, to learn about the gospel and everything. And so the question becomes, you know, how do we get people to come back? That's what I want to talk about. And so I want to address that question. And the answer is, you've got to be strategic about it. You've got to ask that question before your event. You can't do your big event and have it be all over, and then pull a meeting and say, all right, how do we get these people to come again? You've got to actually make that part of your planning ahead of time. So if you're going to do a trunk or treat, that's why I want to do this topic now, if you're going to do a fall um, kickoff of some sort, um, or anytime you're listening to this, because I encourage you to I try to make these podcasts timeless podcasts. You have got to make your follow-up strategy part of your planning so that you integrate it right in there. And so, um, you know I love acronyms. You know I have an acronym for acronym, a crazy riddle of nuggets yielding meaning. So, here's my acronym. If you want to build a bridge to these families and these guests who come you just need to get your piece of paper out. You need to write down the side, the word bridge, B-R-I-D-G-E. Because I'm going to give you one, two, three, four, five, six key words or key phrases that you need to think about if you want to build a bridge so that people will um, come back to your church and hopefully come to know Christ because of that event and not just come to your trunk or treat, or not just come on Easter and Christmas, or to Vacation Bible School, but come and be a part of your fellowship. Are you ready? Okay, number one is the letter B, and this is very important, and that is that you have got to, you ready? You got to blow them away, all right? The quality of your event has got to be fantastic. I mean, if you want people to come back, they can't come and be disappointed. They can't come and be like, Oh really? Wow this really stinks you have got to pull out the stops you've got to in your brainstorming session say what can we do that would totally surprise them and and, and not just in making it uh, incredible in the money you spend in the decorations and everything but blowing them away in the intangibles in how friendly you are in how loving you are in the way you greet them and thinking through a child's safety because if people come and, and you haven't thought through traffic patterns and, and, and tagging the kids and the things you do, uh, so that parents feel comfortable in, in the way you greet them and in every little detail so that you really just blow them away in the quality of what you do making the event free if you can so that um, you're not always asking for money sometimes you need to charge i mean there's sometimes a dynamic where people go it's free what's the catch so sometimes there's an appropriate charge for something that people just expect to pay if it's quality but brainstorming and say, what can we do that would really blow them away? What can we do that would make it great quality? Because that's important. So that when people come to this event, they just go, wow, this is different. This is something that I have not seen before. If you're gonna show a movie to go, can I show it on the whole side of the building. You know, if you're going to bring in a magician, make sure it's a good magician, make sure it's a clean magician. You know, if whatever you're going to do, you want to make sure that it's quality, that it's excellence. And then because it's a Christian event, you want to make sure you're going to just love their socks off and they're going to leave there going home thinking, man, there's something about that place that's different. You know, cause they go to community events, they go to school events, they, families go to all kinds of different things and you want them to leave there going there was something different about my experience there. So it's not just a matter that the food tasted good. It's not just a matter uh, of quality, although that's incredibly important. But there was something different. And, and what that is, it's hard to give examples because I don't know what your event is and I don't know what you're doing. But you've got to answer that question in your planning meeting and say, what can we do? that will blow them away. Now the second key, the letter R, is a very simple one, but it's that you've gotta have a registration. If you want people to come back later, you've gotta get data on them. You've gotta ask for a registration. And there's a lot of variety of ways that you can do this because sometimes churches are hesitant. They're like, well, people just wanna be able to come and they wanna be anonymous and and certainly you might wanna make registration optional. But there's some fun ways that you can do it. Now, a simple way when they come in is to simply have a registration table and say, hey, we'd, we'd like to have a record of who came um, so that we can uh, let you know when there's going to be future events so that you don't miss out on the great stuff that we do here at uh, the Village Church of, you know, whatever town you're in. And uh, and just make it optional. And, uh, and a lot of people will be happy to fill out a quick registration card and uh, if they say no I don't want to give you my information you say that's fine but there's more creative things that you can do one is to simply have a raffle if you if you're giving away an iPod or a you know giving away a, an iPad or you know some kind of great prize there and the only way to win is to fill out a registration card with just simply their name their address, their phone number, or maybe just an email address. People can always put down something bogus. You're not going to be able to control that. But they're going to put down their name and some basic contact information. And you can put right on there, you know, we will contact you by mail only or by email no more than once a month. Um, We don't sell our information. We respect your privacy, um, things like that and then they will fill that out for that raffle. And it might be worth you know, $500 or whatever the prize is, whatever your church can afford to gather that information. And uh, everyone's in a different demographic, I realize that, but you look at what is the value of collecting that information and giving away that prize. And it may be even right on your promotional material, free iPad to a family or a free playground set or free bicycles for the whole family or whatever it is, or it may be, you know, a, you know, $250 to the local grocery store. I mean, it just really depends on what the needs are in your community and, and the demographics. And um, another way to do it, if an event does charge, uh, we did a, an event one time where we needed to charge, um, but we wanted to make it free. And so what we did is we had families who invited others. We just figured out what the cost was. Say the cost was $20, Um, we made the cost 40 and said, families, you pay $40, but your guests are free. And so that way we covered our costs and we told our families, you bring somebody and tell them it's free, but you pay 40. That way, the $20 per person was paid. So let's say, for example, it's going to be a movie night, and you you know it's $10 a person, and you're renting out a theater. Well, you sell the tickets for double the cost, and the guests are free. And then you distribute those tickets. You you follow that. The guests are free. The church folks are paying double so that they're paying for the seats of the guests. So so that's how way you can cover your costs, but at the same time, give it free to your guests. And so it's just a matter of the church folks saying, hey, I'm going to sponsor the seats of the people who I want to make this free for. Now another fun thing you can do with prizes, and I do this at Vacation Bible School, is for the prizes, I buy everything in duplicates. If it's yo-yos, I buy two yo-yos. If the grand prize is bicycles, I buy two bicycles or two scooters. No matter what I'm buying, I buy two of everything. And then the drawing slips are all in pairs of names. So if uh, Nathan brings Paul, Nathan and Paul both put their names on the drawing slip. If you know Susan brings Julie, then Susan and Julie both put their names on their drawing slip. And that way, when names are drawn or when slips are drawn, the guests and the person who brought them both get a prize. They come up and they both win the same thing. the reason I do that is sometimes a guest gets brought and the person who brought them gets a prize and the guest kind of feels used. Like, oh, well, they only brought me to win a prize and I don't get anything. Or in reverse, you know, the uh, guest gets a prize and then the, the church kid feels like, oh, I got nothing. You know, and here I'm the one that brought somebody and my guest goes home with this, you know, cool little handheld video game or something, and I didn't get anything. So when they both go home with the same thing, there's there's no jealousy. They're both winners. If they both got a soccer ball or they both got a baseball. They both go home happy, and, and uh, they're both talking about the thing that they won. And it makes for a great prize. So you can use... Um, signups like that you can also just have the church person register the person um that came but just having a fun registration booth you could have a little prize bag right there that says hey if you just felt this registration form you'll get this goodie bag it's got a bunch of coupons and things from from vendors in the city that we've collected for our event and for those sponsors to get those goodies you just say we're going to put together t-shirts and your logos are going to be all over the t-shirts if you'll just provide some 10% off, 20% off coupons for our big event. It's so easy to get those things. If you, My mom was the master at this when we did our Halloween outreach. She went to every business in town, said I'll put your logo on our brochure and on our t-shirts and I'll put them up on the screen and all of our events. If you'll just give me some prizes to give away and you'll give us some coupons to give to everyone businesses were, were lining up. They were calling her next year to say, hey, can I be in on your on your big church event? Because they just businesses want exposure. They they want to be on placemats, they want to be in your bulletin, they want to be on your t-shirts, and then you've got this goodie bag and you'll get the goodie bag full of all these deals from local businesses, but you got to fill out a registration form. So I don't think it's hard to get registration. And then you've got that information. To use for follow-up and that leads us to the next letter in our word bridge and that is invite them back so you've blown them away you've gotten their registration information after the events over you've blown them away you've got their information because you took registration it's time to invite them back so you've entered their information into a database whatever system you use it doesn't matter but you've got an email list you've got an address database it's time to invite them back. Now, you be strategic about this, all right? Now, obviously, you just invite them to church. You sent them a great letter. We're so glad you came. We would love for you to visit our church. But be more strategic than that. You may want to have a follow up event that's a little more normal. Obviously, every Sunday is not as fantastical as that event was. I mean, you pulled out the stops everybody was dressed up, I mean you had balloons everywhere, it ain't as great as that every Sunday. So you need to invite them back to a more subdued event that's a little more like a normal Sunday. So maybe you have a potluck dinner or maybe you have a Sunday afternoon family night movie. Sunday afternoon family night. Boy I'm really getting my times of day goofed up. But you have a follow-up event that's going to be a little more casual little more informal. There's child care, but it's something else that's a bridge-building event that you invite them to that's going to be really fun, but it's going to be kind of a step between a Sunday morning experience and that trunk or treat or whatever the other thing was. Or maybe you let them know you're going to have a parenting class, you know, and it's something that's going to meet a felt need. And you say, hey, on Tuesday nights, we're going to be having a parenting class, or something else that might have some general appeal. And so you're inviting them back or you're letting them know, here's the programs we have for kids. We've got Awana Club or we've got Royal Rangers or we've got um, this other program for kids or just letting them know, here's all the things we have for kids. And you send a very generic letter, but it talks about how in today's world, yeah it's tough raising kids and kids you know you worry about your kids academics you worry about your kids socially you worry about your kids mentally have you thought about your kids spiritually and giving them a a well-rounded um education should include a spiritual education and we've got you know sunday school we've got children's church we've got a kids club and um and they're you know well trained volunteers they're all background checked and blah, 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 and you just sell them on the children's ministry and invite them to come back. Or maybe you send a letter inviting them to join a men's Bible study or a women's Bible study or to disciple them. You may even want to consider visiting their homes one-on-one and knocking on the door and just shaking their hand and saying, would you like someone to meet with you and do a Bible study with you and go through the Gospel of John and just explain who Christ is, and to have a Bible study with you. And people will take you up on that. You'll be surprised. The D is to determine their needs. You know, people always are thinking that the church wants stuff from them. You know, they think the church wants their money. And of course, the church wants their attendance, and the church always wants stuff from them. What surprises them is when the church wants to meet their needs. And so, Don't be afraid to ask them, how can we serve you? You know, Jesus said that he came not to be served, but to serve. And it's okay to contact them and say, how can we serve you? How can we help you? This again is where personal visitation is so vital. I think that is a lost art in the church today of going to someone's house and yeah, they're usually not home. But you know what? If you ring the doorbell and no one answers, and you leave a handwritten note, not a fancy flyer with the logo and printed it off at the church, but a handwritten note. Maybe it's on some nice stationery or in a nice note card, but a handwritten note in the door that says, hey, we dropped by. We were so delighted you came to our Trunk or Treat event. Just drop by to see if there's a way we could pray for you, if there's a way our church family could serve you. And it's signed by a human being And just said, if anything we can do, here's my cell phone number. Give me a call. That could be powerful. And I could take so much time to share so many personal stories. And I I think in the past, in one of my podcasts, I shared a story of of a family that I went by one time. And I hesitate to share the story because um, I I, I don't want it to be about me. But just one time I went by a house... um, and the, the lawn was just unkept and hadn't been mowed in a long time. And, and I just left a note on the door and said, uh, Hey, looks like your lawn could need mowing. If you'd like help with your lawn, just let me know. Uh, went back later and I just took my mower and I just mowed the lawn. <laughs> and I signed it the Lawn Angel. And I got a long letter back later. It turned out that this lady, and this is in a previous state, so I think it's okay to share this story now, she had pulled over a few blocks away and it actually prayed God if you're real I need a sign and when she got home and saw her lawn mowed and that note on her door that was a miracle to her home visitation can change lives we need to knock on people's doors and ask them what their needs are and then seek to meet those needs we need to reverse people's perception that everyone's too busy for them, and that God isn't real. You can be God to someone, all right. The G is give gifts, all right. Um, I remember a church that had a mugger ministry. They used to go out and mug people. Now, before you think that's crazy, that just meant giving people a mug. They had mugs made with the church logo and the church mission on it, and then they would fill it with candy and coffee and, and a pen I think of the church uh, name and website on it and then they would just go deliver those to homes and then they would just if no one was home they would leave it and again today's world hardly anybody's ever home but they would just leave that with a note and that was their mugging ministry and I was visiting the church and I saw in the kitchen they had all these mugs and I said what is this I said oh it's a it's our mugging ministry we go mug all the visitors because we want to build a bridge them and we want them to come back and in another ministry, I, I, there was a, a fellow who had a, a birthday balloon ministry. And for every child in the church, he delivered a balloon to their home on their birthday. Now, you could you could have a birthday balloon ministry to the kids who visit uh, these events. If you just got a birthday on that registration card and went and got a miler balloon and took it to their house on their birthday in the year after they came to an event. Think of the difference that would make. Or delivering a goodie bag. Be creative. Think of what you could do. Or, or taking those, um, those goodie bags with those uh, discounts and things uh, from those sponsors of the event and taking that uh, to them. But giving gifts is so powerful to people. Even just delivering some Gospel of John or some daily breads or something that says, we love you we want to we want to give something to you so blow them away get their registration invite them back determine some needs that they have and meet those needs don't be afraid to ask give them gifts freely we have received freely we need to give and then the last one might might surprise you but it's evangelize them you know sometimes we get so cautious especially as Americans, we don't want to offend people. You know, don't talk about politics and don't talk about religion. And we're so bashful, we're so afraid of offending that we never get around to sharing Christ. But you know what? We don't need to be shy. They came to a church. People expect us to share Christ. That doesn't mean to be obnoxious. That doesn't mean to hellfire and brimstone them. But people expect us to share our faith. And if we do it tactfully and if we do it polite, but they expect it. They see people riding around on bikes with white shirts and black ties and going door to door. They they see the Mormons. They see Jehovah's Witnesses. They see other people doing it. And then they kind of will wonder if Christians never share their faith, how important is it to us if we never actually share our faith? They expect us to do it. So don't be afraid to share your faith. Share your testimony. But remember, Jesus asked us to be witnesses. What does a witness do in a court? A witness says, here's what happened to me. Here's what I saw. They swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help them God. They say what they heard, what they saw, and what happened to them. And that's all Jesus has asked us to do. So when you witness to someone, just remember, you're just saying, here's, here's what happened to me. Here's I learned that I was a sinner I learned that I had sinned. I learned that Jesus died for me. I asked Jesus to forgive me and he changed my life. So when you witness, you talk about yourself. You talk about your own sin. You don't tell them they're a sinner. You talk about the fact that you're a sinner. You talk about the fact that Jesus died for you, how your life was changed and your experience with Christ. Remember, people don't like attorneys, right? That's why we have so many lawyer jokes. You see, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict people. You don't have to convict them. Let the Holy Spirit be the attorney. That's why people don't like when Christians start saying, you're a sinner, you need to accept Jesus, you're going to hell. Because then you're starting to be an attorney and then people won't like you. So let the Holy Spirit be the attorney. Let them be the jury because God is ultimately the judge. And if you just restrict your witnessing to being a witness, you'll never offend anybody because you're only talking about what's happened to you. And when you share your story, I have never had anyone offended when I talk about Myself, that I am a sinner and that Jesus died for me and what a lousy person I am outside of Christ. No one's ever argued with me. They, they're pretty convinced I'm a pretty lousy person outside of Christ. And And then I let the Holy Spirit deal with them. So evangelize them. Share the gospel with them. Let the Holy Spirit be the attorney. Let them be the jury. Let God be the judge. And share the gospel with them. And then if they ask you Would Jesus also forgive me? Did Jesus also die for me? Could could I know him the way you do? Then you say, absolutely, you can. And then often you will get the opportunity to lead someone to Christ as well. And what a great privilege that is and how exciting that is when you get that opportunity. So plan your big events and pull out all the stops and blow them away. Get that registration information. Then use it. Invite them back. Plan strategic things to invite them back to. Don't just invite them to church. Plan strategic follow-up events. Plan classes to invite them to. Disciple them. Make sure they know a variety of things you can have them back to. Determine some of their needs and meet those needs. Give them gifts. Don't fail to share the gospel with them. I'll just close with the D.L. Moody story because I love D.L. Moody. You know, there was a time when he planned two evangelistic events, two nights, and the first night he decided he was going to just let these hundreds of people know just how lost they were. And his plan was that would be the first night's message, just how lost they were in their sins. And then the next night he was going to share the good news of how they could be saved. So the first night he preached his heart out. About just how lost they were in their sin. And he said, come back tomorrow night and I will tell you how you could be saved. Well, there was no tomorrow night because that night was the Chicago fire. And as he was out on a boat in the water of Lake Michigan, looking over the city of Chicago burning, Dale Moody wept because he wished he had shared the gospel. So don't neglect sharing the gospel. Don't just build bridges and build bridges and build bridges. At some point, you got to share with the gospel. Otherwise, some people may miss the chance to know Christ because we just keep building bridges. At some point, we do need to actually invite people across the bridge to know Christ. Well, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for your ministries. I'm excited for these great events that you're planning. And I'm also excited for the bridges that you're building and the results you're going to have is you strategically think about how you're going to do it what i'd like you to do is go to the show notes click on the discussion forum and share some of the things that you have done to follow up with folks who have come to one of your great events share what has worked hey share what hasn't worked we got to help each other because it's not just important To pull off great events, it's important to follow up with folks so ultimately they have come to know Christ. And as I often do, I am going to pick some folks who have shared some great ideas, and I'm going to drop some prizes in the mail. And then, remember, you can help shape the show. Email me, carl at kidmantalk.com, twitter at kidmantalk, and what you ask or suggest could become a future topic here on Kidman Talk.